Hi, and welcome to episode 80 of Walk to Work. So today I would like to talk about um, checklists for teaching with a new teaching partner. Um, so before I get into that, uh, yes, haven't recorded an episode in a couple of weeks because the weather's kind of been dreadful and I've been super busy at work. Uh, also been finding life a bit hectic. Uh, which is why Jess and I are taking a break uh, from teaching the Thursday online classes uh, for the month of February. And we'll start up again sometime in March. Um, Yeah, super excited to be traveling to Poland next weekend to do some teaching, uh, folk dancing and blues dancing. And be talking with a few organizers uh, about some other uh, upcoming teaching, uh, which is all exciting and fun. Uh, and yeah, so in in to our topic for today in Edinburgh, uh, both for Lindy and for Blues within uh, Edinburgh, uh, same organisation. Uh, what one of the organisations that does Lindy is called Edinburgh, and that organisation is also the organisation, the main organisation that does Blues. Um, within this organisation, it's quite common for teachers to be mixed and matched. Uh, for Lindy. Uh, it's, I think, been often a question of availability and a question that many people don't have a single uh, person that they like teaching with, but uh, generally have joined the team. Hey, I'd like to teach. And they're like, oh, yeah, can you teach with so-and-so? And that's what happened with me uh, last year. I was like, yep, I can I can teach uh, anytime you'd like me to, but mostly happy to let other people teach if that works. And a couple of times they're like, oh, so-and-so has this partner and she's teaching for three weeks, uh, but then her partner's not available on week four, can you join in on week four? Uh, and so done that kind of thing. And this year it's looking a little bit uh, the same. And in blues, what we try to do is we want one person to provide continuity uh, from one week to the next. So we try to kind of tile our teachers. So if I, Jess and I are currently teaching, um, what will happen is Jess or I will teach one, two or three weeks with the next teacher and then that next teacher will then maybe teach another one, two or three weeks with someone else. Uh, and so it means that if you go two weeks in a row, one of your teachers is familiar to you. Uh, and it also means that we kind of spread the knowledge around and spread the styles around. I've really been enjoying um, that with different people, we we like different things about our dancing together and so we kind of lean in to teaching those things that we like um and so it provides kind of a different content style and also a different teaching style uh and so within this i've been paired with a few people uh and i kind of have fairly strong opinions about a bunch of things with teaching but uh, and Jess and I kind of tend to uh, get to spend a lot of time discussing uh, these and how we think these opinions translate into classes, whether we share opinions, whether we found fundamentally disagree, both in terms of kind of uh, the, the content of the class, like what the technique is, what the aesthetics is that we're trying to, what the body mechanics is that we're trying to teach, uh, and also the uh, the style Uh, of teaching, like what kinds of exercises we think work, what kinds of exercises we think work less well, 
um, how we scaffold the students, how uh, we uh, organize the plan to provide uh, space repetition, to provide um, uh, fewer concepts, to add in kind of ideas of uh, fun, to make sure that things stay engaging, all, all those things. Um, when you're teaching for the first time with someone new, or even for the manyth time with someone new, um, and it's not like going to become a regular teaching partnership that you want to invest a lot of, or that you have time even to invest a lot of upfront effort into, uh, it's interesting to kind of ask, oh, okay, so what are the good options for collaborating well with someone new? Um, and so I've come up with a, a couple of things that I either explicitly bring up with new partners or just think about in my head and think, oh, do, do I need, do we need to address this or are we good? Uh, so one of them that I always address, especially when I'm teaching with women, um, that's not true, that I mostly address when I'm teaching with women um, is uh, talk time. Like I think that if you have two teachers who either both leading and following, which is often the case with us in blues, or one person is leading, one person is following, which is often the case uh, in Lindy. Um, I want both teachers to contribute equally uh, to the students. Um, both, I want leaders and followers to contribute information equally to students and also to contribute equal amounts of information to leaders and to followers. Um, and I want men and women in classes to um, contribute equal amounts. Uh, and so that's a point that I always uh, try to make and would make um, that, that I would like us to be uh, equal and to feel like we have that space and kind of check in, is that space you're going to take or is that space I kind of need to not necessarily provide, but I can talk, I can talk a lot and sometimes uh, it's okay because other people are happy to interrupt or happy to talk before me. Um, and other times I need to be kind of more mindful and be like, oh, I have a thing, do you have a thing? Uh, and then just make sure that that speaking time goes together. And kind of ahead of that equality of participation in classrooms, which is mostly my ideal, there comes also the kind of how you view each other as dancers. And so, it's a bit of a tricky one being like, I view myself as a better dancer than you, uh, or less tricky, I view you as a better dancer than me, uh, which fortunately for me and Lindy, uh, the teaching partners I've had, uh, that has often, though not always been the case. Um, and generally, I think it's, uh, it's, it's useful if you kind of think that one of the two of you is sort of the more expert than the other, to have that nicely out in the open so that you don't accidentally have one person who thinks that they're kind of arguing among equals and the other person who thinks um, that they don't understand why they're not being heard because of their superior experience and or ability. Uh, and so that's a little bit of a tricky conversation to have, but even trickier to kind of have a conflict or a misunderstanding uh, around that because you didn't have that conversation. Um, and so I've mostly had it and it's mostly gone, I think, well, but maybe my teaching partners think differently, <laughs> who knows?
I mean, they know. Should ask them. Um, so yeah, how you view uh, your equality in preparation? How you view your equality uh, during teaching? Um, another thing to find out is what a class plan looks like to each of you. Uh, and that will vary uh, kind of depending on people's experience. Less experienced teacher like a very, often like a very detailed class plan because like, I don't know how to, how this will go. And then kind of planners, uh, people who like to come up with a bunch of options um, and that's how they feel safe, will like uh, a bunch of options or will like a plan that that's the way it's expected to go. Uh, and other people kind of like, eh, we'll do that exercise and then we'll do that exercise and then we'll see what we want the students to do next. Um, so for me, a class plan typically looks like a series of bullet points, typically maybe one, two, three or four, depending on whether I have intro and warm up as an actual bullet point. Uh, but generally, I think class, usually I split up an hour class into, yeah, uh, two, three, or four sections, um, kind of, and then inside those sections, uh, we have a bit of a progression that can be more or less um, uh, elaborated. And then, particularly if you have uh, people who are less experienced teachers, uh, and I think of myself in my first teaching, um, several of parts of that plan are a good opportunity to find out before class okay, how would you explain that? How does teaching that look like to you? And that's also a thing to know about yourself is what kinds of things you can definitely teach at the drop of a hat, what kinds of things you might get a little bit wordy and have poor explanations with, and what kind of things you're actually not experienced at teaching whatsoever and need to practice. Um, so anything that's actually a quite detailed move where I want to be on one, you're here, on two, you're here, on three, you're here, on four, you're here, all the way through to eight or whatever. Um, I tend to not teach those kinds of moves very much, uh, and not like that style of teaching for myself very much either. And so it means if I am teaching a move that's kind of like that, um, it, uh, I, I need to practice it because otherwise uh, I will have terrible explanations of how to get from uh, beat two to beat three and I'll have terrible kind of feeling of how far students can get through uh, before we need to have them practice multiple times, um, how often you rotate partner because my, my typical class will be we explain the thing, the students maybe do it a couple of times without music, and then we put music on and they try it. Um, that works out well for me because then I always make sure that we're spending quite a bit of time with music. It works out less well for me because as soon as we're going into some kind of a bit of a long explanation, I don't tie it back to when the music happens. And then we can easily have like a musicless 15 minutes while we get through this complicated move. Um, that's not always great for class. Uh, all the more so if I don't uh, manage rotation well during that, because usually rotate happens once or twice during a song. Um, uh, and then if I don't have a song, then my rotate habit uh, doesn't work. Um, so yeah, that's some of the idea things about what kinds of class plan I like, but then kind of figuring out what a class plan looks to a person, how detailed it has to be, uh, how many options you have to have. Um, 
how conceptual versus practical it is. Like my class plans um, will tend to be uh, fairly uh, will tend to be fairly practical. Uh, no, no, not me. <laughs> will tend to be fairly conceptual. Like today, the thing we're working on is stretch. And so we have four or five moves where we're going to work on different ways of having stretch. But the theme is stretch. And so I want that conceptuality to kind of stick out. And then I will pick my moves depending on which ones uh, feel like the best progression to work on stretch and which ones feel like the least uh, kind of overlappy uh, to work on stretch. Um, that means that I tend to kind of look at, oh, here's some content. And then I'm like, okay, here's a concept. Uh, and then I brainstorm some more content, kind of hone in on my concept. And then once I have kind of the, oh, the conceptual overview, I'm happy to move back down to the nitty gritty. Um, which compared to how some people like to class plan is very kind of back and forward between the high, the top down and the bottom up, um, which is something I'll talk about sometime is how you kind of coordinate between top down and bottom up class planning. Uh, because I think that classes are better when they're about something more than here's a bunch of fun moves. Uh, but also classes do need to be. Uh, about a bunch of fun moves at some point. Um, like, less, if I'm getting concept, the more I'm getting conceptual, the less I want exercises to help with my concept, and the more I want dancing to put the concept into practice. Um, and so, it's, yeah, it's kind of the more you get high level uh, and conceptual and top down, the more you need to start bottom up. Um, Whereas if you're kind of starting at the bottom somewhere with like, here's some moves, here's some more moves, you don't have to go quite so top down on it because, but also you don't have to go quite so bottom up on it. Like the moves themselves don't necessarily matter too much uh, because they're already the content of class. Um, and then the thing that's useful to know is how stressed out people are about teaching and how stressed out they are about the teaching plan. Because then that says, okay, so say I see, see something I want to go completely away from the class plan. How okay are you with that? Uh, and I'm mostly pretty okay with it. And I've always taught with people and they were like, yeah, I'm pretty okay with it. But then it turns out that maybe uh, the students actually are not uh, doing as well with the thing that we were hoping to have them do. And then they actually get quite flustered uh, because they had planned this, that, and the other, and we barely have time for this, and this is going to be class. Um, well, actually, I've, I've seen people uh, mostly uh, do relatively well with that. Uh, in that they've, um, uh, in that we, we've had to adjust to how well this, to the fact that we'd prepared way too much material or material that was at the wrong level for the group uh, of students that we had. Uh, and we pivoted fairly well from that. But it's then also kind of when you're doing that pivoting, how much do you need to regroup and how are you going to regroup? Uh, like some people like to give a lot of feedback to the students or dance with the students. But while they're doing that, they can't be chatting with the teacher about how you're adjusting the plan 
uh, improvisationally. Um, and conversely, like I like people to talk to me about their plan, but I'm also happy for them to do is uh, to go completely off track. The place where I'm less happy to go off track is if we have something conceptual and we've agreed this is the concept, like we're working on thing X uh, and we're seeing uh, four different versions of thing X, or we're seeing three thing X in four different contexts. And that is kind of the one sentence summary of class. Um, if we're moving towards somewhere where that one sentence summary of class is getting diluted, and then we're only seeing thing X in one context. Well, if I think the point about thing X is that it exists in multiple contexts, and that's what I want students to experience, then seeing thing X just in one context, um, I would probably like to see it less in depth, less in depth in that context, uh, and more in breadth across a, a range of content contexts. And I'd probably like the opportunity to stick up for that. Uh, so that's where I'm on uh, kind of improvising during class, fairly liberal about it, but much happier uh, if we check in. Uh, so uh, the, the DJ booth is often a good, wherever the computer is, is often a good place to go check in and kind of outside of the student circle uh, is a good place to have a conversation rather than kind of in the middle. Um, what other things? You have disagreements during class. How do you feel about teachers disagreeing? I usually feel, feel quite positive about it. Like I don't want teachers arguing with each other, obviously. Um, but if I think uh, that the answer to a thing is A, and my partner thinks it's B, and my partner says it's B, um, I'm pretty good on being like, huh, that's really interesting. I mostly completely disagree. Um, but generally, it's good to kind of have a forewarned notice of that uh, and to be very careful in the way that you're doing it. Like there's some teaching things that I don't like much. If you're going to talk about your core, if you're going to talk uh, about holding, if you're going to talk about pull your shoulders back and down, anyone who's been listening to my podcast uh, knows that that's not things I'm a huge fan of. But if someone is going to say that in class, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I completely disagree. Don't do that. Uh, because then uh, it kind of creates a little bit of tension between the teachers, but especially it gives conflicting uh, information to students. Whereas um, if the question is, as a follow, should I follow this perfectly? Um, or uh, should I follow the footwork or should I use my own footwork? Uh, aside from probably it's a Lindy Hop or Blues class uh, and you should definitely use your own footwork because that's what the dance is about. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, if my teaching partner says that, I might be like, yes, but in this class, actually, we do want you to follow footwork. Or uh, if we do want them to follow footwork and that's what the class is kind of be about, I'd be like, yep, but if you feel comfortable that you can follow footwork, I'd like you to start branching out. And that's kind of non-conflicting uh, information and sort of stretch goals. And there's other kinds of places um, where you could kind of describe, oh, what I do social dancing or what I see other people doing that I don't do social dancing. But there's a lot of place uh, to disagree. But it's good to know with your teaching partner how you want to deal with that. Because uh, pretty much the worst thing um, you could do for your own happiness is have a good argument with your teaching partner uh, in front of a bunch of students. Uh, like your teaching partner like that, won't like that, the students won't like that, and you won't enjoy it either. Um, talking of arguments, I think that's the thing also when 
uh, investing kind of in a new partnership that might not actually have any long termness to it, uh, <clears throat> you might want to choose, oh, am I going to, um, what kinds of things do we, does it not seem that we agree on? And do we want to go into that? Uh, and so I've kind of learnt what kinds of things it's likely I don't agree with other people about and kind of learnt to steer away from them uh, or to phrase uh, what I think of as one of the options that I would like students uh, to have access to. But maybe we also consider other options as well. Um, uh, yeah, I will not give any examples of those because then if people who teach who've taught with me are listening in, then I'm like, oh, that's what you did there. Um, I, I guess the, the shoulders back and down thing is something that I care strongly enough about that I will kind of ask my teaching partners, hey, can we not, oh, you, you'd like to work on posture. What is your explanation for posture? oh, I'd really like us to not use shoulders back and down if that's okay with you. Um, and <clears throat> other things that, I, that I'm like, eh, I'm pretty sure that this is not a good way, a good explanation for it, but it seems to work for a lot of people. Uh, I will let that lot of people uh, have uh, their thing and, and the teacher as well. Um, and then the last point is kind of just a little bit of tasking. Is like who is doing the scatting when you're showing a thing who is playing the music, who is shouting rotate, uh, who is welcoming people, what does your welcoming spiel look like, what does your talking about culture spiel look like, what does your, hey Greg, you've been talking for quite a while now, why don't we let the students dance uh, talk look like. Uh, I recently talked with uh, Dara uh, and he just said, let's do some dancing when I reached a particularly non-conclusive uh, point of uh, a speech that I was accidentally making. Uh, and um, because we kind of discussed that beforehand, but also because he did it really nicely, um, I felt not in the slightest slighted uh, and very happy that he had moved us on rather than kind of stagnating us. Uh, or allowing me to stagnate the whole thing and confuse everyone with this speech that I had embarked uh, upon. Um, yeah, th those are some of the things. That's the checklist, I think. Uh, talk about how equal or not you are and how equal or not you would like to present. Uh, I very rarely would be happy presenting unequally uh, to my teaching partners. Um, Talk about what a good class plan looks like for you and figure out how your, what your process is to reach that class plan. Um, what kinds of things uh, you're into and not into and kind of knowing the things that you're not into, which ones you're willing to give ground on and which things you'd like to kind of stand your ground about. Um, how happy you are to divert from plans during classes and how happy your partner is and what kinds of diversions they're able to deal with gracefully versus um, less gracefully. Um, and last, just how you want to uh, divvy up tasks, uh, practical things like play music, uh, shouting, rotate, and uh, those kinds of things. Um, I'd be super curious if other people have other things that they do, because 
I get in Edinburgh, I'm going to continue uh, learning uh, about teaching with new teachers for a while to come, uh, as long as I continue teaching Lindian Blues. And we have a, a nice variety of people to, to teach this Lindian Blues with. And I'm also curious, like, how it's different in other contexts. Uh, like, if you've talked with a uh, heap big name international instructor um, because they needed a teaching partner when they came to town, what did that collaboration look like? And what were the great parts about it? That's, uh, that's a kind of different topic. I've talked a couple of times with some big names instructors uh, or just massively experienced instructors and been really overwhelmed at how good they are at bringing not just their experience to class and to teaching, but bringing their experience to class planning, keeping us on topic, um, arguing well, uh, pointing out uh, things that maybe I haven't uh, considered well enough, like, hey, this thing you would like to teach, how exactly do you plan to explain it? Uh, and all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, really interested to hear more about this. Hit me up in comments, let me know. Uh, I will see you next week. Have a couple of uh, interviews uh, planned over the next weeks and months. Uh, I'll see you then and take care.